Amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen, Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups, it's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Spiritual Insights with Charlotte Spicer. Spirituality and Metaphysics Talk Radio. Featuring a course in miracles, dream interpretation, guided meditation, and the psychic and metaphysics free-for-all. It's your opportunity to consult with a professional psychic medium, discuss past lives, the chakras, and more. We are non-denominational, and there are no limits. Want to change your life? You must first change your mind. 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 No matter your religious structure, cultivate peace in your reality through self-awareness with an authentic spiritual teacher. And now, your host... Charlotte Spicer. Hello, everyone. Thank you so much for tuning in. This is the first of a weekly segment on Saturdays at 3 p.m. on Dream Interpretation. I've gotten requests from people saying that they're unable to tune in during the week, but they enjoy the archives. So I'm hoping that I can do this on a weekly basis. I may, from time to time, want um, the day off. Uh, mostly my Saturdays are taken up with uh, books, bookings for readings, uh, but I'm happy to rearrange and try to be available as much as I can. Anyway, I have gotten a lot of questions and I wanted to address one of those here. I don't want to do, I don't want to redo an entire episode on information, but I can go through some, some of these helpful hints. Uh, apparently, People new to the show were sending in a lot of questions, so I'm happy to say this here, and then I will be sure that there is an article up on the website for a free download so that you can have these and uh, make use of those. So the basic question is, um, does everybody dream? Because a lot of people are running and saying they don't remember their dreams. And the answer is yes, everybody dreams. The reason everybody doesn't remember is because sometimes if they're not actively on a spiritual path. They won't remember their dreams. It just takes a little practice. So here are some helpful hints. And again, I'll make sure an article on this is up on the website so that you can download it, print it, and maybe keep a file if that's helpful to you. Okay, so to remember your dreams, first thing you want to do is you want to set an intention in your mind that you will explore this area of your life. You have to basically make a decision and then make a commitment. You want to really sit with yourself, clear your mind, and say, I will work on this. I am going to work on this, and I am committed to doing this. Throughout the day, you can set an intention in your mind as well. I will remember my dreams tonight. As often as you can, in between left brain activities at work or however, wherever you're you know, spending your time. Next, uh, prior to going to sleep. What you want to do is you want to clear the day's events from your mind, and you can do this by meditating. Meditating is very simple. I will be doing segments on meditation, so I'll give those hints 
at a later date. But if you're experienced at just sitting and quieting your mind, um, that's all you have to do is sit and meditate, connect to the breath, and then clear the mind and visualize a blank slate if that's helpful. Uh, state an intention that you will remember your dream and you will write it down immediately upon awakening. Now, in order to do this, you need to have a journal or some kind of recording device beside your bed. Many people uh, leave voice-activated recorders beside their bed turned on to capture them talking in their, in their sleep. You can do that too. When you go to write your dream down, no matter how little or how much you remember, you want to date each entry and write down anything you can remember, even if it's like fuzzy images of a giraffe. It doesn't matter. Just the fact that you're doing this shows the subconscious mind that you're serious about it and that you're committed to doing it. The more detail, the better. Um, you want to write in your dreams. You want to write your emotions, any other details, colors, numbers, people, whether you recognize them or not, any immediate impressions that you get, whether there was something familiar, any type of detail is helpful, and then later on you can work to decode it or you can call me. Um, the reason we want to do this is because we're training the mind to capture these images and bring them back with you so that you can evaluate them and interpret them to see what that message is about and what area of your life it's about. Uh, go over your dreams in your journal as you begin to collect dreams. Go over them and see if there's any patterns emerging, and that would be helpful to identify in priority order what your subconscious mind wants you to work on because the subconscious will throw these images up to you for you to look at, but it's always in priority order. If there is a memory from childhood that is negatively impacting your life today, it's going to go with what's most important first and then work from there. As you get the message, then your dreams will evolve or dissolve. Also keep an eye on lunar cycles which affect your inner world. For instance, take note of what types of dreams you have around a full moon. That might be very helpful. Avoid disturbances and create a peaceful environment in which to rest. You, you don't want the TV on. You don't want to fall asleep with that on or have any type of noise that might be able to get into and disturb the dream. Also, avoid ingesting anything that causes physical havoc on your body. You don't want your metabolism going crazy because it will disrupt and disturb dreams. It will also disturb the type of dream you have. Your body should be at rest and not struggling to digest what you put into it. So you want to avoid spicy foods, alcohol, excessive sweets, caffeine, narcotics, of course. Note that uh, some medications, natural hormone changes, and pregnancy can also affect your dreams as well. One, one very important thing is you want to be sure to empty your bladder completely before going to bed because your body waking you up so that you can use the restroom is certainly going to disturb your dream. Okay, so I will... I'll have a, a complete article up on the website. If there's not one there already, now I haven't checked it in a while. And I would like to go to the phone. So if you have a question or a dream you'd like to talk about, dial 347-934-0751. Make sure when you press the number one, you hear the blog talk radio robot say you are now in the host queue so that I can see you in the lineup. And do be sure to tell your friends about these segments if anybody needs help. I'm happy to help as many people as I can. So first up is area code 954, bringing you on the air live. Hello there. First up is area code 954, bringing you on. Hello? Hi, there you are. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, um, 
How can I help I, you, honey? My name is Diane. I'm from Hollywood, Florida. And um, I had a dream about my dad. He's alive, but the dream mm-hmm. was a bit strange. It was in black and white. I was on a balcony floor somewhere, like maybe a third floor. And he gets into this white car. Well, everything's in black and white from what I could see. And he looks up at me. He looked really good, you know, for his age. He looked maybe like he was in his early 40s. And he looked at me as if he's going to go hang out with the boys. But my uncle, who passed away, he married into the family, did not look at me at all, and got into the car, but he got into the back seat. My dad was in the driver's seat. And um, it looked like they were all going to go hang out, like have a guy's night out. Mm-hmm. And then after I woke up, I walked by the TV, which my daughter was watching TV before school. And on the show, it had the character reading a letter from his father who passed away and what was given to him after he passed. It was just, just wondering what that meant. Okay. I don't know that the – it's definitely synchronistic, but let me see what I can do for you, Diane. And and thanks for calling in. I know you said the dream. (laughs) I did take a look at it. I thought it was really interesting. The most important thing about it is that the – and and the whole dream is black and white? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. That's neat. Do you usually dream in color? Yes. Okay. I used a German color, but this one was black and white, which I thought okay. was kind of weird. It is kind of weird, but I think there's definitely a reason for it. Okay, so you're on a balcony somewhere on the third floor, so you're looking down watching this. Mm-hmm. Okay, right. so, it, so in the dream, you're you, and the car is representing your spiritual journey. Somehow, your dad and your uncle are involved. Now, the fact that your uncle has passed away, that puts him in the dream as a visit. He, it's basically like he signed up to help you with this issue. What the car represents is basically your underlying emotions, the emotions that are driving your behaviors, your actions, your words, or defense techniques. Now, what's interesting is your dad gets into the driver's seat. So that would represent the, the older, more assertive aspect of you because in the dreams the people represent an aspect of self so your dad lending two interpretations to it uh, and I'll, I'll get to the second one in a minute but the first one if we look at it as he's reflecting your male intellect aspect the the assertive side the um, provider that aspect of you now he's in the driver's seat so that aspect of you, not the emotional self, because your real self is up on the balcony. You're actually suspended over the situation, and that's telling too, which means that you're trying to keep like an emotional distance from an area in your life. Maybe there's something that you have to address, and it would take a lot of mental energy to address this, but your dad's in the driver's seat, and then your uncle gets in the back seat. Now, your uncle, having passed away, would represent an aspect that has purpose in your life or something that is no longer integral for your growth, something whose time has come. Do do, do you follow what I'm saying? Yes. 
Mm-hmm. Okay. The second thing I wanted to address was how is your relationship with your dad? Oh, we we're really distant. We we talk to each other, but I really don't care to have a relationship with him. You don't have a healthy one. Okay, so that's no. very mm-hmm. interesting because he's in the driver's seat. So it might be telling you that your thoughts about your dad are are the motivating factors for the way you make decisions in your life. Does that make sense? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now when you wake up, the car was white. There's, that's spiritual. That's your spiritual journey. And was there anything amiss about the car? Like were there any dents or windows missing, anything of the sort? It was it was just like a very old car, like in the 50s maybe, or I, I, I don't know what year, but it wasn't of this year. It was back okay. in his days. And uh, my it. uncle, he's not blood-related to me at all, so I'm not even sure what he's doing in this dream. You're part of, he's part of your soul circle. Hmm. Sometimes we're born into a family, some, and, and then there's a family we marry into. Either way, that's part of the contract. So he's part right. of your soul circle. It's just so from the outside, it looks like he married in and isn't blood-related. However, he's a key player. Otherwise, he wouldn't be there. You know what I mean? Right. Uh-huh. Let me go. Let me ta- let me focus on him for a minute. What was he like? What was your relationship like? Like the top five words to describe him? I, Distant, I think he was a good, funny, a, um, respectable. Respectable. Okay. Nice. Um, I didn't mind if he was around. He was he was an all around good person. Okay. Um, I really, I liked him. Okay, so he was very comfortable to be around, pleasant. Yes. Mm-hmm. And no no bad vibes, no negative uh, experiences or heated discussions. It's not that he had um, a type of behavior that disrupted family gatherings. No, so, no he, so was a, here, he was a good person. Okay, so here's what the dream's overall um, telling you. You have a person who basically unrelated, but, you know, in the family circle who you're, it's very comfortable to be around, he's getting in the back seat. And the back seat represents the past, the subconscious mind. Oh. Okay. Now, he's saying that you've put any hope of improving the relationship with your father on, on basically the back burner. Would you, would you say that statement yeah, is accurate I, in how you feel? Yeah, that's, that's accurate. Okay. The fact that the dream is in black and white tells me that you have a monochromatic view about the situation, which is basically on or off. It's not, there's no gray area. There's no in-between. He's not, he didn't measure up as a father to what you wanted. And you, and you basically flipped the light switch. Yeah, it is what it is. Let's okay, right, exa- exactly. Yeah. And, and you're ready to move on. What the dream is telling you, however, is that keeping an emotional distance from this is actually not serving you well. So what it's telling you is it wants you to deal with your emotions so that you can move forward. The car didn't move. You didn't see it move. You woke up. If you had seen it move, it would have been doing something like either going forward, going backwards, can't start, something that's indicative of your emotions. But it's just like a prep dream for the situation Mm -hmm where if you can deal with your emotions and start to forgive, then you're helping yourself 
doesn't matter that your dad knows that you forgave him for whatever he's done or, or didn't do. Forgiveness is for you. It's to give yourself a break. It's to let yourself out of the out of a self self imposed prison, right? And mm-hmm. you're somewhere around the third floor, so that's going to point to the third chakra, which is your sense of personal power, your um, insecurities, your fears, and the way we relate to others. And it's and it's basically telling you that until you break down the dynamics of this relationship and then kind of rebuild on a structure that you can, that is healthy, you're going to keep having a dream like this because it's a real issue. And, and it, you know, it, it kind of stinks because we just want to be done with it and just walk away. But at soul level, our soul wants us to understand this relationship and where a lack of love was being expressed and then the best response to that would be an expression, the ultimate expression of love, which would be forgiveness. And that will help you. And your dad never has to know that you've done this. You know, I have tried many times in my mind through meditation to try to forgive him, and I thought it worked, you know, but I don't know. Here comes his dream again. It could have, and it's important to know that forgiveness works in layers. You know, sometimes we can't forgive, like, this picture. Picture your relationship and and all of your interactions with your dad as, like, a mountain. It would be very difficult to pick up that mountain all at once. So you would want to say it's a mountain of rocks. So you climb the mountain, you go to the top, and you start with the first rock, and you say, okay, I forgive this, and you throw the rock, right? Say you throw it off a cliff, out of sight, done deal, right? And then you do that. And then you say you get like two feet down into the mountain, and you're pretty tired by that time. So you say, well, let me take a break from this. And then at some point, it comes up again, and you have to climb that mountain again. Now, it's not as big as it once was, but you have to deal with it in layers until you get to the really, the really difficult stuff at the bottom. And then once it's complete, you won't have any dreams like this. And if you have any interaction with your dad at all, you'll see a change in him because energetically you're still connected does that make sense this is, um, yeah kind of this is the first time I've ever had one of those dreams you know? about your about this okay yeah usually in the past I haven't had a dream about him in a very very long time in the past it was always violent dreams he's trying to kill me in the dreams you okay. know? but then I got over that, and I never had any dreams about him anymore until that day. So I found it kind of weird. And and my dreams, I usually can, if I dream something and I tell you this is going to happen, it's going to happen. Mm-hmm. So when, when I saw this, I said, what is this? Because I had no idea how to interpret that one because it was it was all about me. Right. Well, the, the one before where he's trying to kill you and it's all this violence. <laughs> yeah. That generally points to your thoughts and your perceptions about the situation because it's always so much bigger than we realize. Like he has his family history, you know. Yeah. Our parents, our parents are, you know, a culmination of what their parents taught them. So now we have our two parents and then four other parents, whether they were in the picture or not, you know. Now that's six people, and then their two parents, and look at all the people, the generational influence. 
my mother was taught not to be seen, not to be heard. It was it was that be seen but not heard type of thing. Right. So even that's even yeah. in her, that's how what? My father was. He was taught to be seen and, and not heard, or he tried to yeah. be that way with you? Okay. Why do you suppose he was like that? That's the way he was taught. <laughs> and he didn't know any was, better, right? Um, I would think he didn't know any better, but he became more broad-minded when he came to the United States. Okay. So I think he should have just threw that aside, but he didn't. It was very ingrained, and, and, and yeah. that's... To a large extent, that's very understandable. But you can you can stop the legacy with you. And oh when yeah, it comes I'm pretty to, liberal. Mom. Okay. Well, when it comes to you know what our parents were taught and then demonstrated for us, we do have to kind of sit back for a bit and recognize they were trying the best they could. Mm-hmm. And and it's I, I would think that it's very hard. And you just said you're a mom. I would think it's very difficult to know exactly what's the best thing for that child. Correct. I have two different children, two different personalities. Exactly. And until you can get into their heads and say, how do you want me to parent you? And like, if if, if my mother had said, how could I be a better mother? I would have said, I need somebody with a stronger personality. I need someone who, when I ask a question if you don't have the answer, can point me to a resource or introduce me to someone who's got it? Because I was basically left to my own devices and just about everything. Yeah, me too. You know what I'm saying? But how could she know mm-hmm. this? We have our private thoughts. That's why we can't read minds. You know, we have our private thoughts and we have an opportunity to express. But until we really pull back and look at the situation through God's eyes, we're, that's where forgiveness can take place. And it's not that you didn't work on it. I totally believe that you did because you have to function now as an adult and a parent. But the situation's in, in the back of your mind, and it has to be dealt with as proposed by your subconscious. Does that make sense? Yes. Okay. I try, I try to open my mind as an adult to put myself in an immigrant's shoe and mm-hmm. see why they did what they did. I, I did that part. Mm-hmm. And I only understood half of it because the other half was, well, you're in a different country now. Wake up. That was my way of looking at it after. Because my father woke up a lot, but there were other parts I just couldn't wake him up on. Yeah. And my I mother, would imagine. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. My mother eventually woke up, but not for us as kids, for other ch- other people's kids after. So she became less strict with other people's children? Yes. Mm -hmm. What she never, ever allowed for us, she would say, I don't see anything wrong with it today. (laughs) Even though you're telling her there's something wrong with it, because now I have all this tangled, you know, 100 feet of tangled emotions to unravel. I just gave up on that with her. She doesn't believe she was that kind of mom. (laughs) What are you going to do, Diane? I mean. Right. Yeah. It, it, and, and, and you see how people put blinders on, right? Right. Either right. they can't see it or they won't see it. But mm-hmm. you got this higher perspective. You were the one on the balcony. Right. That gives you a higher perspective and, an, and a better view to see the situation for the way it is. 
your uncle, who might have been mm-hmm. a lot more easygoing, mm-hmm. is not is not the driver. No. So you know, there I, might be. Kept, oh, and, go I, ahead. I kept looking at him to see which uncle are you, because a, a good few of them passed away, and I kept looking at him and looking at him and thinking, why you? What about the other uncles? You showed up. Yeah, but he would not look at me. He just jumped in the car and. Mm, that was which the is, dream. Which is indicative of not being willing to look at the situation. Okay. Because when a, when a, a deceased person comes and visits, the way they act, it serves as a mirror for what we're doing. Okay. Makes sense. Yeah. Like, were you tuned? Were you listening on Wednesday when I was talking to that nice lady about the her um, uncle in the hospital? The hospital. Yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. and then she would lean in. She leaned in and got real close, and then he went unconscious and then passed away. Right. And that and that told me there's, you know, you, you, when you get close, something ends abruptly in a relationship, and then there was that guy. So in this case, your uncle gets in the back seat, and kind of did, um, what I'm looking at is he just stared ahead with, like, no gaze and just kind of just... He, yeah. It was like I wasn't there. The guys got yeah. together, and then he jumped in the car, and I kept peeking to see which uncle is this, and kept mm-hmm. peeking, him, but he didn't turn around. But I knew who okay. it was somehow. Yeah. Well, you sensed it. You, you know his energy. Mm-hmm. So in the dream, you know who it was, but he wasn't acknowledging you. Nope. And that is very indicative of mm-hmm. what, what you're acknowledging and what you, what you choose to deny about the situation. And I'm not saying that you should write write this, you know, beautiful essay about your dad about how wonderful he was. But I would um write an essay to yourself about how this is the way it was and this is the way I am and this is what I didn't like about it and then kind of get your feelings down on paper and get you that much closer to accepting what is. My you know, dad was great. He was a great dad up until a certain age in my life. Then he turned into a nightmare. What age was I that? I mean, not. Was that? What age were you? Um. He was a great dad, maybe up until I was nine years old, and then after that, it's he was a dad I'd never knew after. Did something happen? He was, yeah, he was horrible. He was he was abusive. He no, would, I mean. Did something happen to make him snap? Did he lose somebody close to him through a tragic no, death? No, we, we moved from our country to the United States. Mm-hmm. And one year later, we the, all the children, it was three of us, we all came over after. And it wasn't the same dad. My parents were, they they evolved like into two different people. My dad mm-hmm. was no longer the nice person and my mom was no longer the passive mom. You know, my dad, they just were different after. Do you think once they got here and looked around that they felt it was a big, scary place and wanted to do more to protect you three children? I, but I feel they felt they made a mistake. In and now there's here. nothing, yes, and there's nothing now they can do about it but try to keep the children sheltered, maybe. You see where I'm going with that? Uh-huh. Like maybe maybe they saw the way American teenagers behaved. 
Yes, they and, did say and, that. And said, oh, my, our, our kids aren't doing that. And so they tried to sculpt you into what they wanted you to be instead oh, of did. arming you with the wisdom to not imitate those behaviors. Because right. those, those teenagers are who you were going to be hanging out with. Right. I mean, we were not never allowed to go outside or have friends come to the house or go to the Halloween parties or the proms or things like that. We were not allowed to even look at a boy or, well, my, yeah. my brother was different, you know, but we were just not allowed to do a lot of the American tradition things. Traditional you, weren't things. Allowed, you weren't allowed to go to um, the prom either? No. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I know. Uh, I have friends from India. Mm-hmm. Uh, where they were, they were born. Where were they born? The children were born here. The parents moved here. I guess when the oldest of of three was maybe one or two. And very traditional, very traditional Hindu beliefs. And um, they had loosened up a bit on arranged marriages. Now the right. parents introduce. Are you Indian by any chance? I am. <laughs> oh, cool. Excellent. But this is, so um, I'm Indian descent. Uh, uh-huh. I'm from Trinidad, but Indian descent. So my father is Hindu, and my mother's Catholic. It's a normal <gasps> thing in that country, right? Oh my goodness. So, so here's my mother having the Catholic ideas, and here's my uh-huh. father having the Hindu traditional ideas, and here uh-huh. comes America, and it's like, oh my God. And an all hell so, broke loose for those two. All hell, yeah, yeah. All hell yeah. broke loose because now we're confused, like. Well, what are we supposed to do now as kids? I know. And, it's, and, and, and you made those decisions with all the wisdom of a nine-year-old. Were you the oldest of the three? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can feel it. Because you're, you're carrying the most weight. You're, you've got more on your shoulders about this than the other two because you bore the brunt of it. Because you tried to wear your parents down. Stubbornness. You were, you were um, because you're the firstborn. And those kids got to witness the struggle you had with not being allowed, asking for permission and trying to negotiate for a later curfew or to go to the prom like everybody else and wanting to um, participate in this tradition. And so anyway, my, my friend explained to me that, you know, while the grip on arranged marriages has loosened, what they do now is they introduce the parents will introduce two young people and see if they click which right. I, I think is a little easier to work with um but my friend wasn't allowed to do any of that stuff no prom no hanging right. no hanging with the friend right. he hadn't wow. had i don't think he went to a party and just an actual like a party or a barbecue Mm-hmm. until he was close to 30, and I, I had invited him. Oh, very strict, very. Um, I had invited him to a gathering uh, where I worked, and we just we just sat around and, and talked and, and just had a nice conversation, and he, and he was smiling, and I said, oh, you're having a good time? He says, I've never done anything like this before. So right. naturally, I know he loves his parents. I know he does. But there's this part of him that feels so left out, you know? Or you missed out on all these things you should have been doing. Yeah. So I kind of broke the boundaries for my brother and my sister, you know, yeah. after I broke the boundaries and did everything. I really didn't do much. I was a big chicken, too. But, 
it helped for my brother to date and it helped for my sister to have a little more freedom. Right. You know, but still, and, they get along better you, with my dad than I do. <laughs> that's your choice. That's up to you. Right. See how, and that's why, you know, another reason your uncles and, and your dad are, are, you know, a part of the focus of the dream. It's Remember I said you're on a balcony, which is being suspended emotionally above the situation so you don't have to get in there and feel that way anymore so you kind of turn your emotions off right and 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 try not to think about it but we all have choice and he's never going to be you can't change anybody outside of yourself and you're never going to make him be who you want him to be and the same is true of him no he's Today he's what? a different person. Today's a different person. He's a Christian. He doesn't drink. He doesn't smoke. I don't get it, but that's what he is today. But we're not in the same state, okay. so, you know, to even say, come over for something or how you doing, Dad? I don't even feel comfortable talking to him on the phone of that change that he's done because I don't really believe it 100%. I see. Did he almost lose your mother because of his behavior? Um, you mean that's like divorce? suicide or divorce? No, divorce. Um, they separated like 6,000 times during the marriage. Okay. He was always with other women. Okay. And one and time finally... she tried to well, one time she tried to kill herself and it was just horrible. And eventually they divorced. Okay. But they 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 divorced and they both remarried after thirty something years of marriage, but they still talk to each other and fight as if they were still married. They're married to other people. Yes. Interesting. Uh huh. <laughs> you know the people that my father told me to stay away from is, is the people he ended up being a family with. Oh my right? god. And the family that my mother hated are the people I ended up marrying. You know, and <laughs> it's just so. It's a I didn't mess. do anything. Yeah, I didn't do anything on purpose. I just it was ten years later. I fall in love with somebody that I didn't know it was. I was going to fall in love with that those people that my parents hated. And well, that's, it's that's karma. Web. Yeah. Yeah, it, it's karma. You know, there's a reason they hated that person. Where. You know, it probably relates to a past life where that person they don't like did something, so that's their karma, and then you come along and marry the person just to make and things a little kids, more interesting. Yeah. Guess even worse, my kids look like that side of the family, not even Indian <laughs> at all. Oh. What, what, what nationality is the other side? Um, Ecuadorian, South America. So you wouldn't oh, even see one. Yeah, you wouldn't even see someone from my country being with someone from that country at all. Okay. Wow, the skin tone must be gorgeous. That's all I can say. You should see. It just looks totally different. I look like the nanny. Oh, my God. That's funny. (laughs) I know know a woman, a friend of mine. um, I, I met her. One of those random things. I met her in a parking lot. She heard me on the telephone and waited till I was done my conversation to start talking to me. And she was Indian by descent, but she grew up in Guyana. Right. Uh huh. That's like my and, cousin next door. Okay. Yeah. And um, she has this awesome garden and makes her own sugar cane. 
She has her own show routine. Mm-hmm. Oh, I went over to her house, and we had an afternoon. But it was really very interesting. Um, but culture, culture is funny. Like, even here, how um, there's differences. You live in Florida now. Where, what state did you grow up in? I grew up in New York, um, Upper West Side, oh, okay. New York. Now, mm-hmm. look at the difference between Florida and New York. And the way yeah, people yeah. are and the attitudes. And that's why, that's why I like it here better. This is much more my speed. I'm in Orlando. Um, okay. And you're you're in Hollywood, which um, right. is just a, a couple hours away, about three hours away from me. But look at the difference and then come to learn. How long have you lived here? In Florida or yeah. the United States? Florida. Um, about 11 years. Okay, I me mean, too. counting counting the second move, 11 years. The first move okay. was was maybe seven years, but I moved right. to Kissimmee, Florida, the first time around. Okay. Then, then moved back to New York, then came back to Hollywood. I love Florida. Yeah, me too. Um, but uh, did you know that in the schools they teach history a lot different than what we learned up north? Yes. That's why when I, the last one who's home with me, when she comes home and she starts talking about history or some of the other things that they teach here, I just look at her like, like she's, What? Like, what are you learning? Yeah. That's not what I've studied, and right. it's totally different, Correct. which I think is mm-hmm. wrong. And when I first moved here, someone recognized my accent mm-hmm. and to- told me to go back where I came from. Yeah, I've heard that too, but they t- they kind of send me to Pakistan or India they or want something you to go like to that. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh no. <laughs> yeah, well, they can't send me. I'm I'm so pale. They could send me back to England. <laughs> If if I if I look up some ancestors, maybe I can go you know hang out over there. But I mean, it is what it is, and culture being what it is, there's that generational stuff that gets handed down and handed down. But it's up to you to change it. Is if the question right. is, I I from the dream, I feel you're capable of it. Like, we're all capable of of forgiveness, even the most extreme situations. It's do we want to? And and it's kind of like, but if I don't have this, what will I have? You know what I mean? Like sometimes we get so used to the suitcases we're carrying that we don't know mm-hmm. who we would be without that set of luggage. Like, That's true. If 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 you didn't, if you had no feelings whatsoever about your dad, that would be a lot different than having these feelings. Right. And you're never going to have the feelings other people have who had, like, a daddy, who, and they were daddy's little girl and had a healthy upbringing and relationship. I, mean, I don't know what that's like. When people talk about it, I smile, and I say, well, that's really beautiful and good for you. But I don't know Correct. what the hell you're talking about. <laughs> Correct. You know, mm-hmm. my dad was a paranoid schizophrenic off and on. When the cops showed up, he was suddenly very normal. Wow. But when, when he could get oh, away with Oh, my dad, it, too. Yeah. My dad was serious. He was serious. Uh, alcoholic drinking and driving and when the cops showed up they would you cannot tell the man is drunk he's what oh, you yeah. call a controlled drinker or something yeah well i don't i don't know the phrase but suddenly you're all the oh, you're you're so normal what right i wasn't doing nothing you know right and it's like right. wait a second you know you know what i mean like how yes, does this I know what you mean. and, and <laughs> now i have a neighbor who um, has it, and he tries to make stuff up and tell you. And I said, no, 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 no. <laughs> Don't you even try. I know how to work this. 
I grew up with it. And he like he wants he wants you to believe that someone broke into his house and poisoned his dog. Right. So I start so I start getting really bothered by this. You know, let me just do a shout out. I I don't see anybody in the queue that has a question about a dream, but if you have a question, you want to dial in and press one three four seven nine three four zero seven five one. Because after I'm done with Diane, if there's no one else um, that would like to ask a question, I'm just going to end the show. Um, so what happened, Diane? So I'm I'm really this is really starting to bother me. Like, oh, damn, paranoid schizophrenics, you know, and my prejudices against mm-hmm. it because of my experience. And we all build prejudices up. It's up to us to release those and relinquish those for our own peace. So then I have a dream where um, I was looking out my, my back sliding glass doors, and here comes the neighbor, and he started saying something. And I said, you know what? You're really starting to look like my dad. And I woke up from that, and I said, you know what? You knew this. I just didn't want to address it. But then I had to go back and forgive my dad some more. Right. So that's neighbor, what I need to do. If, so the neighbor wouldn't be bothering me if I didn't have that magnet that was caused by my resentment of my dad. Does that make sense? Yes. So I worked on forgiving my dad, and now the neighbor doesn't bother me anymore. So how should I work on that? Would that be meditation? You can do meditation, and I'll give you the and steps. And the writing, you said? Absolutely. Oh, yeah, it's really therapeutic when, when you write. Um, and if you write an essay, um, it's kind of like, what angle should I tell you? You can write a letter to your dad, can write a letter to yourself about your relationship with parents, parenting, and the kind of parent you want to be. Right, and how mm-hmm. difficult it is, you know. Just you've heard the, the adage: it's it's not your first time parenting; it's just the first time you've parented this child. And I would venture to think that you have an ex- excellent memory for remembering, like almost photographically. If not, I'm just just in case you don't have a photographic memory, you remember what it's like to feel as a kid and think as a kid, and you're, it's very vivid for you. I can do that. Yeah. Okay, so if you work through those images, because memories are just little bits of energy with images attached to them, do the release work. Um, do um, do the writing and write a letter to yourself, kind of to your inner child, and explain that he he knew not what he did. If because if our parents understood the impact of what they were doing to us. They wouldn't do it, yeah. They wouldn't have done it, no. In their mm-hmm. mind, and, and, and in your mother's mind, at first she started out passive, kind of went along with the man and what mm-hmm. the father, you know, what the man of the house said, which right. uh, that, doesn't, that doesn't fly with me either. I mean, it's funny how most, most of my perceptions now are based on watching them and a few of the neighbors, which was I don't, I don't believe one person should set the tone of the household. Right, right. And I... And they think if someone's trying to do that, the other one needs to step up and fix it. And, you know, we have these really strong convictions. I don't believe in getting married and taking on someone else's name. I have my own identity, thank you. I worked very hard at it, and I want to keep it, you know. Right. You come up with these really strong prejudices and convictions and these things you promised yourself. My kids are never going to experience this. No, they're going to. (laughs) Right. Of course they're not going to experience what you experienced with your parents because they're not their parents. You are. Right. So they're going to experience you. 
it, with all of your glorious gifts and all of your failings and idiosyncrasies, that's what they're going to experience. And the most you can do is comfort them all the time or, you know, however often is necessary and say, mommy's doing the best she can, you know? Right. I was really thinking... I was really thinking of writing a book about the way I was brought up mm-hmm. um, without hurting anyone, you know, maybe making yeah. things anonymous in the book, kind Absolutely. of, or just a little mm-hmm. different, mm-hmm. you know, because the purpose of the book is to share my life with my children, but not to hurt my parents. Because from what you're saying, which I really haven't thought about, which I'm thinking now, um, they didn't know any better. They didn't. Right. I'm not, and I wouldn't hurt your feelings by saying they're totally innocent and you're wrong. It's just an experience. When we when we pull back and look at life, we can take things personally and look at it subjectively. Why me? Why that? Why then? You know? How come mm-hmm. the other two? Uh, like I said in the beginning, you took the brunt of it. You led the way. They watched you struggle. And you wore your parents down to where when it came time for them, they didn't get nearly the fight that you got. They didn't. You were also made out to be someone you're not. Is that true? Yes. I I that had hurt. to be mommy and daddy for my brother and my sister. Oh. Because mom, she was always chasing my dad to see which woman he was left running after. Oh, yeah, after there was and, that element, too. I yeah, remember uh-huh. you saying and that. Uh, they were hardly have a home, so when okay. I got home, I had to make sure everybody ate, did their homework, the house is clean, because if you don't clean the house, you're going to get it when they come home. You know, it was just like I had to be a parent really fast. Okay. That's a little different than what I was asking, but that's absolutely, that makes the soup a little thicker, that you had mm-hmm. to play the role of parent in their absence. And that absenteeism, that is, and with the alcoholism, that's absenteeism, that's lack of presence. And then physically not being there because he's running around and she's chasing him. And then you right. having to take care of the house like an adult. Um, and I kind of would have raised those kids the way I saw fit. Anyway, um, it's, it's not about me. But uh, what I was getting at was that somehow I think your father led the way and your mother went along with it. But you were like, you were made out to be someone you're not. And what I mean by that, it was like false accusations. Like you're you right. made out to be the black sheep of the family, the rebel. I was the problem yeah, was. child. Mm-hmm. Is that true? Okay. Yeah. Well, I was considered at home a problem child in my parents' eyes, but in school, star scholar, need she'll she'll go beyond. That's how I was in school. And but your at parents home, thought your parents thought and probably said out loud that you, that the persona you had at school was an act. Yeah, my that mom they did. Knew real you. Yeah. Did she say that? She you used to have, say when. Fools? Yeah, in in different words. I mean, I cry very easily, so when things didn't go right, she would just say, "Look at those crocodile tears." You know, I'm not supposed yeah. to really have feelings. Yeah, there's the false accusations, and um, it's it's very sad, and my my situation is very similar, but there is peace to uh-huh. be found. There is peace to be found. Once I took responsibility for my own happiness, Mm -hmm. and we really are in self-imposed prisons, and the key is in our hand the whole time. 
Yeah, I I did that. I did that after I got to an age where I could actually leave and and not turn back. Okay. You know, um, I started to live my own life. And um, I, I mean, I think I think you should absolutely write that book <laughs> because even if you don't publish it, but to purge all of this out of you, and energetically, it'll the energy will come from your heart and your mind and go down your arm, through your fingertips, into the, into the keyboard or the pen, and you get all this energy out of you. I mean, before you get majorly sick, I hope you don't have any major health problems or blood issues. Do you have anything wrong with the blood, like uh, diabetes or high blood pressure? No, are you feeling that? No, I'm trying to prevent oh. it. And every time, <laughs> no. I swear to God, I, like this one, and, and it's, it's such a shame. My friend Debbie, she was one of my mm-hmm. first dream clients back in the 90s. And her dream was called, is this how I'm going to die? And oh I was like, what's God. this dream? I know, and it was on a website um, that I used to go to. And she was driving in her car, and the brakes weren't working, and she slammed into the back of a truck, and the car exploded. Jesus so I, I wrote to her and I said, I'm, you know, I, I want to try to help you with this, but only you can tell me if this fits, this and that. So I started telling her about all the different imagery and how it tied together. And I said, if you don't stop this, you're going to wind up with diabetes or oh, something okay. wrong with mm-hmm. your blood. And she said, right. too late, I was diagnosed three weeks ago. Well, well, this is this one you're just going to just fall on your face about. I was severely anemic <gasps> in the last... Yeah, in the last four months, severely to the point where I needed um, IV infusions of iron. And um, I told my doctor, well, I'm not going to do that. It's not going to happen because I can fix this. (laughs) There's the blood issue. Yeah, well, it's okay. I'm healthy today because of what I did. You know, I just started doing all these positive affirmations and went to the whole food store and did research on how to... Perfect. Get my and my anemia back up and to where my hemoglobin and hematocrit is in alignment with normal values. And um, there's something at Whole Food called Iron Water, which mm-hmm. I drank once a, once a day with citrus juice. I okay. Dr- uh, drank wheatgrass, ate everything green, and I Perfect. didn't even take the, the the iron pill because. The doctor said the iron pill wouldn't do me any good, but the iron water would be perfect for me because I wouldn't get constipated or my stool wouldn't change any color. And right. I did all that. And what else did I do? Took a multivitamin. Mm-hmm. And when I went back to the doctor four months later, he said to me, "I would you would never believe. Well, he said to me, um, I can't believe you were so anemic to the point where today I would never believe that you were anemic. So there. <laughs> Smarty pants. Look you at know, you. Look what you did. And okay. Not, and and yeah. then perfect. I'm and that gonna... that can be an interesting part of your book because look yeah. what the power of thought can do. Right. It can make you I'm sick not... and it can mm. make you heal. You know? Exactly. Exactly. And I I knew something was wrong with me, but I didn't know what it was until they did blood work. And I won't let anything invade my body unless I'm unconscious and I have no say. I can do something about it before that. You yeah. Know, and, um, but that's why I high said, blood you know, pressure and trying to prevent it. <laughs> coming back to the high blood pressure, if I'm under stress, my blood pressure does go up crazy, crazy. But I'm yeah. not diagnosed with high blood pressure. It's called a white coat syndrome. 
Okay. Yeah, you you go to a doctor's office and you you have all this anxiety and you have high blood pressure all of a sudden out of nowhere. And then you go back home and everything's normal. What happened to me one time? And, and that's called doc- white coat syndrome. White coat syndrome. Doctor wanted to put me on um, a base locker for my uh, heart rate, and I uh-huh. and I did it like like an idiot. I did it. And I passed out a couple of times, right? Because I I believe the doctor was doing the right thing, and he wasn't because it was white coat syndrome. It wasn't real high blood pressure. I think my husband has that. Okay. Because I we, I took him to the dentist a, a few weeks ago, and mm-hmm. they were like, "You need to get to a doctor. You have high blood pressure." I said, "No, he doesn't. He's like the least stressed person I know. He's so temperate." He- He's- He's never even in a bad mood. He's he's upset because he's in front of you. <laughs> right. And that's that's anxiety right there. So his heart rate goes up, blood pressure goes up. He just needs something to calm him down and doesn't yeah. have to be a sedative. It could be holistic before he goes to the dentist and then he'll be okay. I'm gonna you know? have to and do so Reiki then, on him. Or do some Reiki. That's right. I'm yeah. a Reiki one. Oh cool. <laughs> So I wean, what do you, I wean myself. What do you do for a off. living? Because you could be doing a lot of the <laughs> stuff I'm doing. <laughs> well, to tell you the truth, I became a registered nurse okay. when I moved to Florida. Uh-huh. And I, I joined the Army when I moved to Florida. What? <laughs> and I, I, was, I was separated last year, which means I was, um, I was honorably discharged. But my, um, I'm, I'm, I'm a nurse in profession, uh-huh. yes. You know, and um, I, I, I love holistic stuff, so I'll be darned if that doctor's going to give me IV infusions of iron. Eventually, what I'd like to do is um, get a certification going to train nurses how to do Reiki. Mm-hmm. I really don't have time. Oh. I'm running three businesses out of my house. But eventually I want to do certifications for nurses specifically to get, to do Reiki. But what I do... It goes beyond Reiki. It's kind of like psychic surgery. So anybody who might be inclined at that energetic level to learn that stuff, you know, I'd like to add with, you know, help with that kind of thing. Right. I would like to um, learn things like that, look more into holistic healing. You know, I mean, with, with my patients, I would just do some Reiki on them without them even knowing, and they couldn't right. understand why they were feeling better. Yeah, the nurses were very confused when I would be in the hospital with my mother, too. Because I could get her mm-hmm. pulse ox. Her pulse ox could have been 65, and I would have it up at 90 in less than three minutes. Right. Excellent. And, well, I was a trained vocalist, too. I, I, you know, I know how to breathe. And I would change. Um, if you have any respiratory patients, you know what I did? Mm-hmm. You what? take your hand, and you put it at the bottom of their lungs, right at the, the small of their back. And you uh-huh. know that breathing, that breathing thing where they tell you to breathe in real fast and try to get the ball up in the air? Uh-huh, yeah, the, the spirometry. Yeah, don't do that. Um, put your hand <laughs> under their back and say breathe. Aim for my hand and breathe very slowly. Mm-hmm. Not real taxing with the, that big inhale they were trying to get my mother to do because she didn't have the strength right. to do that. So, right. you know, I let them test her, and then after they left, I was like, no, 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 no. So I put my hand under the under the right at the base of her lungs, just to give her somewhere to aim. I said, "Now aim for my hands, direct the air right to where my hands are, and you want to make sure that that's the first part of the lungs to fill up, especially if they're doing a nebulizer treatment. And then uh-huh. the stomach should rise, and then the upper back quadrant of the lung, and then the front quadrant, chest to be, should be the last thing to move. But if you catch this, you'll watch the 
the um, their pulse ox. It'll just go up and up and up because it's getting past like damaged part of the lungs down into the bottom and into the epithelial cells and into their bloodstream. Anyway, mommy went to heaven. Not Aww. long after that. Do you have Barbara Ann Brennan's book, Hands of Light? No. Could you get that? That is an awesome book on healing. And that's where I kind of got my start with the psychic surgery stuff. Barbara Ann? Barbara Ann Brennan. Okay. And without an E. And it's Hands of Light. Okay. And she and the that one is blue, and the purple one is Light Emerging. She has a school. And it's in South Florida. It was in New York. Really? And I, re- I remember because I was very upset when I, I got the word from my spirit guides that I had to move to Florida, so I cried for a long time. Oh. And, and they kept <laughs> reassuring me that everything was going to be okay and I'd be happier than I'd ever been in my life, but I didn't believe it. Mm-hmm. And I was elated to find, but I was like, but I wanted to go to Barbara Ann's school, and that's up in New York, and now I won't be able to go. And it turns out she moved the entire school to South Florida. So I kind of oh, laughed at yeah. I laughed at myself at that one. But um, so you're near there. You're not far from where she is. I think she's close right. to Miami or in Miami. But it's a weekend thing, and maybe that's something you can explore. And if I ever get a chance, maybe I'll see you there. Yeah, yeah, excellent. But you would you would be excellent at this, and your book would be very helpful, especially with regard to um, the diversity of culture. Yep. <laughs> you know. I mean, my I have I have biracial relatives. Mm-hmm. I have I have um, a new nephew who is not Caucasian, and a great nephew, gorgeous little cutie patootie. My but whole family's it, I, all mixed up in my culture. Yeah. You're not supposed to mix any of your genes, supposedly, but our generation has mixed everything. All right. Well, if that was God's plan, then you wouldn't be able to get pregnant by someone of another culture. But, <laughs> but, but yeah. But we we want to be mindful and and teach the kids everything about all sides of right. who they are. You know, I think it's very important, and I think they should be introduced to world religions and let them pick their own. You know, you don't well, that, not, yeah. not impose I've a religion already, on somebody. I mean, I've baptized both of my girls Catholic, but that's just because just because. And I did say to them, if you feel that that's not for you as you grow older, feel free to be what you want to be. Now, you never say that in front of my parents. Mm. (laughs) How old are you now? Now I'm 46. Are you really? Yeah, my older daughter is 24. I sound like a kid. I look like a kid, too. Okay, I uh, I look like a kid. I... (laughs) (laughs) People think I'm like 30. <laughs> and oh, I'm wow. 36 too. Anyway, oh, but wow. you were a good mom you are, and I grew up Catholic. I I kicked and screamed to get out of there. And only Catholics I mean, are allowed yeah. to talk about the Catholics. No one else is allowed. It's like talking about a family member. I yeah, can talk about true. my family, but you can't talk about my family. And it's and it's like that. I needed more information, and I was asking questions that they couldn't answer, and was getting getting in trouble a lot. Right. I mean, sometimes, and and now that you've brought that up. My husband said to me, he's also Catholic, but that's just p- pure coincidence. You know, um, okay. he said to me, how come you one about church or you didn't teach the other one about church? And I said, well, because I don't really believe in my religion 
if you want to take them to church, feel free. Expose them to it. Yeah, but don't force them to go. Exactly. Okay. So you got the names of those books? Yes. Okay. That would be that'll be fun for you to explore the blue one, uh, the Hands of Light. If you try that first, wait to see the pictures, and there's really great tips and energetic That's tips. Really cool, mm-hmm. really cool stuff. I was, I was thinking of trying to see if I could focus my nursing into holistic nursing, but I don't even know how to get that going or started, if that even exists. You know, if you're open to it, God will see to it that it happens. It will come to you. Mm-hmm. You won't, and, it, and you won't have to do. You you won't have to struggle to make it happen, and you won't have to um, exert yourself. It, right. It'll I be in one that of those. Too. Build it, and they will come, and it will happen, and it will be magical. I believe that too. It's like divine just timing. Mhm. It's just, yeah. and th- there is divine timing, but in order for you to do that stuff, you're going to have to forgive your daddy. Yeah. yeah. For yourself. For yourself. Okay. Yeah, I'll, I'll write my letter today. Thank you. All right. You're welcome, sweetheart. Nice talking to you. I had a great time. Thanks yeah. for hanging out with me, me too. on the air. Me too. It was my first time, too. <laughs> Thank I you. know. All right, and, and be sure to, if you could, uh, put a link on social media and tell your friends and coworkers about me, okay? I will. I will. Thank awesome. You very much. Thank you, sweetheart. Bye-bye. Okay, bye. That was awesome. Okay, going to area code 301. Hi there, Charlotte. How are you? I'm well. How are you doing? I'm good. It's just a little loud. Is there a volume you could turn down a tad? Sure. Is that a little bit better? That's a little better, yes. What's your name? Diamond. Diamond? Have I spoken to you before? Nope. I'm a first-time caller. First-time caller. I I could have sworn my co-host, Joni Eisinger. We were on the air earlier in the weekend. There was somebody who called in whose name was Diamond, I think. Oh, okay. It's so pretty. Anyway, how can I Thank help you? Thank you. Well, Charlotte, I've had a recurring dream um, about a big old mansion house, probably over the last year, maybe year and a half, and maybe had, I don't know, 10 or so dreams about it. It started off where the house was, like, old and dusty and you know, it's like the doors would creak and there were spider webs in it. Mm-hmm. And each time uh, I would dream of the house, it would get a little nicer and a little nicer. And then maybe about six, seven months ago, it's like, wow, I think there's some potential here. So I'll just come up to the future, I mean, to the present. The last two dreams I had about the big old mansion house, it was all done and ready and sparkling clean. And my dad, who had, who is now deceased, it's like he had done a lot of work in the house. My my dad was a tinkerer. Okay. And I remember thanking him like, wow, dad, you did some cool things in the house. And people were there and buzzing around. And uh, they people didn't believe I was the owner. They were looking at me like, oh, who is she? You know, that mm-hmm. kind of thing. And the most recent one, uh, it wasn't the exact same house, but it was a big old mansion house. And there were uh, some of the neighbors had horses, and I was thinking, oh, my gosh, this is so cool. Maybe I can get to know my neighbors and, and learn to ride horses. Okay. So um, that's kind of the, the idea. So I wonder this what is it great. means. You want to know what it means. Sure. Let, let me it prepare. Let me, just, let me just collect my thoughts for a second. I need to get horses into the mix here. So, 
Horses is horses are awesome. Okay. On the one before this one, there was a the, the there were actually servants in the house. There was like a butler, a oh, baker. Cool. Um, so yeah, that was really cool. This is quite the evolution of a recurring dream. Uh, yeah, at least it's going in the right direction. Can I assume that in the earlier years, and, and when you first started having the dream, it was mostly nighttime, and then as the dream, as the years progressed, it's now daytime with this big gorgeous house and the servants? No, these are all real dreams. Like I wake up and, and remember them. I have no, them I during just, my sleep. No, what I'm saying is in the dream, it's generally usually nighttime or daytime? Oh, lately I know it's been nighttime. Uh, it's been daytime because I've been going outside and walking out back. Right. So, but in the when in the beginning years ago when it first started, it would make sense to me that it was dark and and nighttime, and you're in this house and there's limited light. But as the years progressed, it got to be like bright sunshine, right? Yeah, I think you could say that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It, was, it, it would just make sense. It's kind of like interpreting it backwards it's like i tell you you know it's weird people tell me stuff and i tell them what they dream about and it gets kind of freaky anyway <laughs> yeah well, it gets kind of weird what, what yeah, i want to okay. do diamond um let me go to a commercial break for just a minute i want to collect my thoughts and then i want to dig into this for you this is really awesome okay okay great okay. thank you all right hang on I'm j- i'll be right back we'll be right back right after these messages the odds of a young girl being discovered by an industry insider while singing to herself pumping gas? One in 300 million. The odds of the daughter of a clergyman from Severn, Maryland spending 11 weeks at number one on the U.S. singles charts? One in 19 million. The odds of going on to win six Grammy Awards? One in 1.4 million. The odds of selling over 40 million records? One and 800,000. The odds of this musician and performer having a child diagnosed with autism? One in 88. I'm Tony Braxton, and I encourage you to learn more at autismspeaks.org slash signs. Early diagnosis can make a lifetime of difference. Autism Speaks. It's time to listen. Brought to you by Autism Speaks and the Ad Council. Explore new areas of interest, expand your knowledge, and gain clarity about your life's purpose at the Ocala Intercenter. Affectionately known as OIC, the Ocala Intercenter, just two blocks south of Town Square, offers workshops, classes, healing meditations, and special events for the Ocala, Gainesville, and Central Florida spiritual community. Check out our calendar of events at OcalaInnerCenter.com. And if you're looking for a place for your next workshop or seminar, go to OcalaInnerCenter.com and give Gene a call. Hey, we're back, everybody, and we are here with Diamond, who has just given me an awesome dream. This is really cool, Diamond. Okay, I'm going to yeah. dig in, okay? Okay, sounds to, good. I want to get my head straight about a couple things, and then I'm going to start. This is basically about your self-esteem. Hmm, okay. And, and about coming into your own and really tapping into your potential. And the reason I say that is, in the beginning, you have this mansion. Now, the, the size of it is very large which represents mm-hmm. potential. But the inside and the contents is dusty, unkempt, 
and there, you don't see a lot of pride, right? Right. In ownership or in taking care of it and, and making it your own. And when we make something our own, we kind of embrace it and take it into our identity. Make sense? Yes, absolutely. Okay. Now, if it was, in fact, dark and, or at nighttime in those dreams in the early years, then this is something you were largely unaware of that was going on in your subconscious mind. Okay. Or feelings, you know, about your childhood or your upbringing or certain experiences or a relationship, the end of a relationship, whatever was going on when these dreams started. Mm-hmm. And this, then this is helping you work through that disappointment or those disappointments if it's a collective thing such as childhood and then relationships kind of reflecting childhood and then ending without you ever really figuring out what the heck happened or why you couldn't change it. Is, why am I saying this? Did that happen? Yeah, the issue was a, a divorce. Okay. So I'm... I never, ever, ever expected to get a divorce. I was, you know, I had a great fairy tale wedding and, and expected to be with my spouse forever. So it was a big shift uh, getting a divorce and now having to be a single mom. So, yeah, I was definitely trying to figure things out. And it was a okay. very kind of a dark time. Okay. And you're right. I do remember specifically, it was probably around six months in, where I was sitting in the old house and I said, you know what, Mom? I was talking to my mom even though she wasn't there. It's like she was there in spirit. And I said, I'm going to take the house. I can do something with it. And from then, you know, whenever I would dream of the the mansion, it it would get better. Better. What you were talking about was your life. Hmm. Okay. (laughs) Let me continue. Mm. So it's got the creaky doors, the spider web. There's this lack of attention, lack of nurturing. See it? Yeah. Okay, so then going fast, you know, fast forward into the future, it gets better and it gets brighter. And and bless your dad's heart, he's even helping. And both of your parents are deceased? Well, my dad is deceased, but my mother has dementia, so she's not, like, with us, even though she's here, you know what I mean? She's not present, but she is with us. Okay. Yeah. Well, I just want to say hi to your dad because that would – I don't know if you heard me uh, telling other people, when our loved ones show up, mm-hmm. um, like I was telling Diane um, earlier in the hour that she had a dream about her uncle. Did you hear me telling her about that? Yes, I did. And and the uncle is actually, it's real. That's a visit. And so mm-hmm. your dad signed up to help you get this lesson, and and, and he's a deer for it because not only I'm going to I'm going to repeat that information. Not only does your dad re- represent himself in the dream and show that he's with you and he's helping you and is rooting for you, but it also represents your wiser self, that strong okay. side of you that's wiser and older mm-hmm. and confident and knows how to fix things and knows how to do things. This we could take dad is who he is, but everything he kind of means to you is what you need to recognize about yourself. Are you with me okay. so far? Okay. Yes, I am. Okay. So then it just progresses and gets better and better and better and, and daylight starts to emerge until the point where you now have a fully functioning home. It's beautiful. It's immense. And now it's filled with servants, a servants, a butler, a baker. You've got all these people. Servants are people who support us. 
which means okay. you're, you're allowing yourself to, to depend on yourself without self-pity. Ah. Okay? You've got the butler. Okay. There's that side of you that has a formal exterior. It's very accommodating. Yeah. Okay? That's look true. At the, look at That's the characteristics of a butler. Okay, so you have that. What does a baker do? Uh, cook and provide nurturing. Nurturing? Okay. What kind of products do they normally bake? Sweets. Sweets. What are sweets made Cakes out of? Cakes sugar. And pie. Cakes and pie. Sugar. Mm-hmm. And sugar is the sweetness in life, which now you're finally okay. giving yourself permission to be happy. Mm. Okay. And you have all these people represented by the servants, the butler, the baker, the gardener, who's helping you tend to your garden, you know, all those uh, employees who would be associated with a mansion like that. Mm-hmm. It's not that the owner doesn't know how to do these things, but they have the wherewithal to embrace a team that works together as one unit in, in one functioning household. Everybody has their role. They're comfortable in that role, and you're comfortable with the support, which tells me your self-esteem has gotten better and better, and you've gotten more confident. And here's the final kicker. The horse. Okay. So you said it was a neighbor who had horses, and you looked forward to riding the horses? Yes. Horses are very spiritual animals. Riding a horse can be equated with flying, which is you're trying, you know, your spirit that wants to soar. They are representative of ambition. If mm-hmm. you're thinking of embarking on a new venture in life or possibly a new marriage or whatever it is that is happening in your waking life, only you can say with fits, but I'm going to give you all the representations. And it also, horses also represent the personal power to be tapped into to live out potential. So the dreams begin with this mansion in varying states of pride and ownership and, and being embraced to horses which represent that potential and the readiness of the house to be seen and experienced. Make sense? Oh, wow. Yeah, it does. I'm following you. Really interesting. Um, that's great. Mhm. They can also represent um, the first chakra, survival, which would probably be key, considering you had to find a new way to survive without your spouse. Yeah. How many children? Do you have a young, um, a male child? Yes, I do. He's so thirteen. Horse, he's thirteen. The horse represents young males. So that may have been about your your child and you feeling a lot more relaxed, probably because you see that he's adjusting well, is what it feels like to me. Mm-hmm. Okay, they also represent freedom. Often without the proper restraints, which means maybe something has changed recently in the past year. You're just Maybe you just made a shift or maybe something, you changed jobs or whatever, but there's more freedom here. Freedom to be yourself, freedom to be who you are as a woman, a parent. Yeah, I feel like the kids are old enough where I don't have to be with them all the time. Um, okay. I can have the freedom to, like, stay late, or, and they'll, okay. I know they'll be okay for a few hours, yeah. Got you. So, so you're enjoying a little more freedom, and you can start to relax a little bit. Like, riding a horse casually, that's an ultimate symbol of being integrated, 
and relaxed mm-hmm. because you're at one with nature, you're at one with the animal, and you're riding. There's a rhythm to riding a mm-hmm. horse, and you're establishing that rhythm in your life to where you're getting a balance between being diamond, being mommy, and like you, everything you just said. They also bring new journeys. Teach you how to ride mm-hmm. in, into new directions to awaken and discover your own freedom and power. How good is that? <laughs> it sounds here's, perfect. I'm okay. Here's yeah, some, I'm okay here's some questions it. to ask yourself. Are you feeling constricted? Do you need to move on or allow others to move on? We, but we just covered that your children are growing and you can, they can establish a little more independence. And is it time to assert your freedom and your power in new areas? Are you doing your part to assist civilization within your own environment? Are you honoring what the civilization has given you? What I am, where I get those questions from is one of my mm-hmm. vibes. It's called Animal Speak by Ted Andrews. So if you dream of animals often, you want to get this mm-hmm. Animal Speak. It's got like a brown and orange cover with a Native American on it holding okay. up a deer antler, and it's by Ted Andrews. It's never wrong, ever. Oh, wow. I've been using that. I don't know when he wrote it. I probably got it right after he wrote it. And it's mm-hmm. never – what you have to do is I'm, I'm looking – I'm dealing with a dream about a mansion and a house. So there's mm-hmm. certain things that support that. So I told you those things about what a horse might represent that would support the representation of the house. There's no point in telling you it's about it, – it could be, but there was no cart. You didn't see, like, hooking a horse up to a cart, which would be putting your affairs in order. Mm, okay. That that nope. doesn't apply, so there's no point to mention that stuff. I just I just brought up the stuff that would support the interpretation of the house and how you're feeling and about just being so much more comfortable in your own skin that I I say you rock. I think you're doing great. Wow, well that's that's very helpful. Thank you very much. I'm happy. Um yeah. Okay, um, I don't want to hog your time because I know you have a ton of callers because you give great advice. Do you uh, have time for a quick mini one? I do. Okay, thank you. And, and, and I'm going to end the show after you. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get going and, and get some human stuff done. But let me uh, handle your next question, and then we'll go. Okay, Charlotte, real quick. Uh, this was probably uh, one to two months ago. I had a dream that I had twins. One came out, and then sh- and that one, like, got going. And then shortly after, the second one came out. So although I was carrying them at the same time, one came out significantly, like, maybe a few days. And then a few days later, the second one came out. And that's all I remember. Male or female? Ooh, I think they were two males. How did they look? Did they look healthy? Did it make sense that they were yours? Was there anything strange about their appearance? Like different color hair? Was the hair red or anything like that? No, they were just two healthy boys. Um, So you have... Okay, so you got the two... This was about one or two months ago. You got the two babies, and there was a pause of possibly two days in between the birth of each child. Yeah, and, and I had the dream on July 22nd, so there are two twos. <laughs> yeah. Funny how you remember the date, too. Oh, I wrote it down in my journal. Oh, good girl. I was saying um, Wednesday. I'm going to do – I do the dream segments on Wednesdays at 3 o'clock, but I got so many requests. 
from people, like, you know, I'm not available at that time. So I, I thought today's the first Saturday I've done it, and everybody must mm-hmm. have forgotten that I announced this on Wednesday. Oh. But yeah. that's okay. That's okay. I mean, it takes while, a while for certain segments to gain traction. Um, but if you yeah. want to tell friends and family and your social media that I'm available on those days, okay. uh, that would be very helpful. So, yes, so go ahead. I'm sorry. I said yes because you're great. Thank you. Oh, thank you so much. Okay. So one or two months ago, Okay. That makes sense to me. Okay, so another two, uh, representation of the two. First thing I'm going to go for is the second chakra. Are you familiar with the second chakra? Uh, The first one is security. The second one is, is that like sexuality? Sexuality, Uh, creativity. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. This is another expression of personal freedom. So with the second chakra, it's also the number of the inner self. Inner self, the feminine side of us that mo- must be nurtured and expressed to find our inner joy. It's kind of like it's been a long time of you bending over backwards for everybody else, and now you can stand up straight and be who you really are. Mm. Okay. I like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it can be associated with duality or division of the whole, but that's how you've been feeling. There's a division. And look at what giving birth to a child does talk about division, right? Right, definitely. So you have you have the one child and it's a healthy boy, which is um the intellectual self, the younger aspect of you that is intellectual okay. and needs nurturing and growth and um wants to grow, which is kind of like exercising the mind to embrace a whole new identity, right? Mm-hmm. And then there's yeah. a pause and there's a pause, and then you have another baby. But there's the number of partnership, and it's basically saying that you are integrating those sides of yourself, the, the feminine aspect with the male aspect, but it's going to take a little nurturing. But this was one to two months ago, and now look at the dream with the mansions, right? Yeah. So They go together. Yeah, they do go together. It's It's like a variation on a theme where – energetically one or two months ago this was saying okay this is where this is where you are and this is what you're working on that younger aspect of you that needs to be nurtured the intellectual side that embraces the new identity a new baby is a new identity right mm-hmm. and then right. you have the, the emphasis on partnership and then you have the emphasis on the inner self and then those two twins are always in sync Mhm. And I I think that's it, you know, the nurturing of the mm-hmm. inner self to be who you really are and then as you as you subconsciously got that message then you had the big congratulatory dream of the one with the mansion and the horses. That's very wow. very congratulatory that dream. Okay. Because that's great. You Thank you, you so much, Charlotte. You're so welcome. You're a pleasure. Yeah, you really I really talk to you again. Okay, all right, we'll do, and um, right. have a great week, rest of your weekend, and I'll call again soon. Thank you. You do the same. Okay, bye Okay, bye. All right, everybody, I hope you enjoyed that. I know it was a rather lengthy um, time, but I had a great time. I hope you did, too, and 
tune in Wednesdays at 3 o'clock Eastern and Saturdays at 3 o'clock. Tell people, if you would, on your social media, at work, at home, doesn't matter. I'm here. But until next time, everyone, God bless and be at peace. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.